Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of How's the Pressure? I am your host, Haley Winter, and today we'll be starting our conversation about rheumatoid arthritis. Let me introduce our first set of panelists. The second set will be reserved for episode two on this condition in a few weeks. Today, we'll start with Ruth Werner, a massage therapy pathologist who will help us set the foundation of understanding on a pathological level. She'll talk about what is actually happening on a tissue level with an individual who has this condition. Next, we have Whitney Lowe, our orthopedic massage expert who has decades of experience in the clinical setting as well as many, many online CEU classes. He will be followed by Rick Gold, our Eastern medicine and bodywork specialist, who will be giving us his thoughts from an extensive experience working as an Eastern medicine doctor and acupuncturist, as well as a massage educator. Last but not least, we wrap up with Meredith Stevens, who is a Pilates physical therapist and movement expert, as well as being a massage therapist and an educator for the anatomy trains. As usual, there's going to be a lot of different opinions and perspectives that will be shared over the course of this and upcoming episodes. I want to be clear that I am not trying to put any one opinion over another. I believe it is my job to bring in experienced people and ask them good questions. In two weeks, I'll release the second episode on our rheumatoid arthritis with a different set of panelists. So clearly we have quite a bit to get to, so let's dive in. I bring you the first panel on rheumatoid arthritis. All right, and as always, we are going to start with Ruth Werner, who's a massage therapy educator that specializes in pathology for massage therapists. And what she's going to do is she's going to help set up the context for this discussion around the particular condition and kind of lay the groundwork from where all the other conversations can take place. So thank you so much for joining me, Ruth. Oh, it's my pleasure to be here, Haley. So tell me about rheumatoid arthritis. What are we working with? Right. Rheumatoid arthritis is inflammation of the joints because of an autoimmune attack. And so I want to define that term. Lots of times when I ask a class, what is an autoimmune disease? They will say the body attacks, the immune system attacks itself. Um, And that's not correct. Uh, What happens in an autoimmune disease is the immune system attacks some part of the body. Um, typically, we think in many cases it's attacking some part of the body because it has enough similarities to a real pathogen that the immune system says, oh my God, these, these synovial membranes are trying to kill us. Now we must kill them first. You know, and that's the result is rheumatoid arthritis. Um, other autoimmune diseases have a similar thing. If, you're, if your immune system thinks that the myelin in your central nervous system is trying to kill you, um, then it attacks the myelin, and we call that multiple sclerosis. Okay. Um, so rheumatoid arthritis is a situation where we have this autoimmune attack against synovial membranes. For reasons that are not clear, those synovial membranes are usually, usually not weight-bearing joints. And the most common synovial membranes are, here, are at the knuckles um, and in the fingers and maybe the wrists. Um, I have seen rheumatoid arthritis also at the feet, once in a while at the knees and the jaw, but almost never at the weight-bearing joints. It's usually at the non-weight-bearing joints, and the hands are are the classic place, and you'll recognize that when you see someone who has rheumatoid arthritis at their hands and their 
their their knuckles are all gnarled and it looks like their fingers are all distorted and going off to the side. Um, who was the actor? If you watch any movie with an, uh, you might not even know who this guy was, James Coburn, wonderful actor from the 60s and 70s, did a lot of Westerns. And as he aged, he watched his hands and they get just more and more and more distorted. Um, so rheumatoid arthritis is different from other from osteoarthritis for a whole bunch of reasons. One is that it's not a wear and tear situation. It is this immune system attack. It runs in cycles of flare and remission. So people will go through a period where everything's inflamed and, 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 and very, very painful. Um, and then it will subside, but there will be joint damage that accrues over time that doesn't that doesn't completely heal and reverse. So we have this progression, it's progressive in that way. Um, another difference between rheumatoid and osteoarthritis is rheumatoid arthritis can happen in children. There's a version called juvenile rheumatoid arthritis. There are some differences between that and the RA that we see in adults, but it's, you know, it is still an autoimmune attack on the synovial membranes and it is not age specific. Most Autoimmune diseases are much more common in women than they are in men, and that is also true for rheumatoid. Women have it something like, oh, I don't know, eight or times more, eight or, or eight or nine times more often than men do. I'd have to look that up to be sure. It might be less than that, but it's still substantially more women than men get rheumatoid. Um, and, and while we talk about it as an orthopedic disease, a disease of the joints, Rheumatoid arthritis can affect lots of other tissues. People who have rheumatoid can develop weird connective tissue nodules in other parts of their body. They're just called rheumatic nodules. They can even grow on the sclera of the eyes. When someone is in flare for rheumatoid, they might have systemic illness. They might have fever. Um, they have general malaise. Everything is painful and inflamed. And it's during these periods of flare that, that this disease is treated with a really powerful anti-inflammatories, the steroidal anti-inflammatories. Um, in the years that I've been studying rheumatoid arthritis, we have really changed a lot about how we treat autoimmune diseases. And so now we are more like, we have you know, whole new classes of drugs that do sort of targeted immune system suppression. Uh, and so the so my my hope and 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 guess is uh, we we will see less and less of people entering their their uh, old age with these really really severely distorted and unusable hands as compared to people of of my generation and the people older than me. It's because we have drugs we have way better drugs for this now than we used to. But if you have clients who have rheumatoid, here are some questions you need to ask. You need to ask, when was your last flare? What do you do to maintain it? Are you able to exercise without pain? How is it to move your joints? Um, does it hurt? Because if it hurts them to move their joints, we need to not make that worse. But a lot of people with rheumatoid will, will, can, will report that having their joint moved through a comfortable range of motion feels really, really, really good for them. And motion is lotion, so we want to, you know, we want to provide that for them if we can. Um, if someone is using Im immune suppressant drugs, this means we need to be super careful about what we bring with us into that session room. 
because they will be more vulnerable to any little cooties that we're carrying. Um, and if they're using steroidal anti-inflammatories, those are awesome. They're great. They work like magic, but they also weaken the bones so that people become prone to, um, oste to uh, uh, osteoporosis. Um, and they can have impact on the liver and the kidneys and, you know, um, steroids are, are amazingly effective, but, you know, the more effective a drug gets, the, the, the more extreme the side effects get. Um, and so those are things that we really need to track uh, when we're working with people who have rheumatoid, which is a chronic disease. All right. Thank you so much, Ruth. You're welcome. Thanks you for the opportunity. You can find out more about Ruth through her website at ruthwerner.com. You can also read her work in A Massage Therapist's Guide to Pathology, a book that she wrote, which is now published by Books of Discovery. All right. Now we're going to go ahead and turn to Whitney Lowe, who's an orthopedic massage specialist, to talk about his take on our condition of interest today. Thanks for joining us, Whitney. Uh, great to be here. Thanks for having me. So what are your thoughts on rheumatoid arthritis? So rheumatoid arthritis is a challenging one for us as massage therapists because this is, of course, an autoimmune disorder where there's a number of things that may really be, you know, key factors that that uh, lead it off. It might be, um, you know, genetic predisposition or environmental types of influences or things, you know, that are not really clear about what has set off that particular problem. So what we're trying to find here is that what role can we play uh, in settling down a lot of the um, symptomatic presentations of what's happening. In many instances, this is an inflammatory thing where we've got, you know, uh, let's say, for example, in the hands, you know, clear inflammatory reaction for what's going on during a, a flare-up. Um, so we want to do, you know, follow along with those guidelines of, of not doing anything that's really going to significantly aggravate any inflammatory problem. But uh, the best things that massage can really be doing for a lot of these things are really Again, and I keep going back to this in, in a number of our conversations about settling down the nervous system. Now, I am more and more convinced, especially because of a lot of the recent research that's been coming out, that the majority of the beneficial effects of what we're doing with, with massage are way more in the neurological realm than they are in the mechanical realm. You know, and when I say mechanical, that means the things that we've previously put a lot of emphasis on like tissue fluid movements like you know increasing circulation or stretching and elongating muscles and you know making connective tissues more pliable and things like that most of the research really doesn't support the idea that we have the capability to make those kinds of changes in a lot of the tissues that are underneath the skin because it's number one those tissues don't have the kind of response to the loads that we can apply with our hands it really requires a lot more than, than what we can do with our hands to make those tissues elongate. Um, but a lot of what we can do is really uh, have very significant impacts on the nervous system's response of what's happening in the body. Um, and I see this with you know some of the recent um, experiments that they've been doing with, let's say, uh, various arthritis complaints and things like that, where we'll, they'll do... Uh, the, the mirror therapy techniques where they show a person, you know, seeing their painful hand uh, or a re reflection of their good hand and they have a painful hand, but they're seeing a reflection of the good hand and that, but they can't actually see the, the, the what they're seeing is a reflection here of the, of the one that's, that's um, feeling good. And they do movements of the good hand and the, they see a reflection of it and it looks like their bad hand is moving pain free. And that, 
has a way of sort of reinforcing to the brain, hey, these movements don't have to be painful, don't have to hurt. And a lot of times that can play a very significant role in changing uh, arthritis pain problems by just doing something that sort of reprograms a lot of what's happening in the brain. And that's similar to a lot of what I think is happening in our massage applications is that we're putting a tremendous amount of proprioceptive input back into the nervous system about, hey, this feels good. Hey, this is okay to feel good. We don't have to have this pain sensation here. Even though there might be some tissue pathology, we'll manage that part of it, but we don't have to have pain along with it. Are there any other conditions that might mimic rheumatoid arthritis? I know it seems like a strange question to ask, but just in terms of the symptoms that present for rheumatoid arthritis, are there other conditions that present similar type of symptoms? Yeah, well, because the, you know, the rheumatoid arthritis can sort of flare up and have symptoms on sort of a spectrum of, of different levels. So, I mean, we could see a lot of things that can look similar, like true osteoarthritis, obviously causing similar types of joint pain. And even a lot of the joint aches and pains or, or even inflammatory reactions that happen from some of the conditions like fibromyalgia and chronic fatigue syndrome and some of the other um, systemic disorders that don't have really clear-cut parameters, um, a lot of those things can kind of look similar to what we see in rheumatoid arthritis in many instances. The good news for us is you know, we're going to treat a lot of those things very similarly with just soothing, easing, gentle types of relaxation massage approaches that decrease stresses on those tissues. Those are going to be the big important strategies for us that are going to be most important that will be helpful for people even with a variety of those different types of similar conditions. You mentioned how someone would have uh, pain in the hands. I'm wondering if like chronic or if uh, carpal tunnel syndrome is one of those conditions that might mimic um, uh, a condition that would, would, would confuse between the two. It's possible, but not as likely because the carpal tunnel pain tends to be more in the palm and a real sharp kind of electrical sensation, whereas the rheumatoid arthritis tends to affect the distal ex extremities the most, like the fingers, uh, you know, MCP joints and everything like that. And especially, you know, you'll feel it on the backside of the hand or areas where the median nerve is not innervating tissues. So it does tend to be a bit more prevalent in some of those other joint areas that aren't um, is common to where the, the carpal tunnel pain tends to, play, uh, to, to, to pan out. And that's, again, in the, in the main sensory distribution of the median nerve, usually in the palm. All right. Thank you so much, Whitney. Thank you. You can find out more about Whitney and the work that he's doing at the Academy of Clinical Massage. That's www.academyofclinicalmassage.com, where you can learn about this condition and many others. And now we're bringing in Rick Gold, who's our Eastern Massage and Chinese Medicine Specialist, to talk with us. Thanks for joining us, Rick. My pleasure, Haley. I look forward to it. So tell me a little bit about how you would approach working with people that have rheumatoid arthritis. Okay. Rheumatoid arthritis is an autoimmune disorder. Um, there might be a genetic predisposition to it, but not everybody with a genetic predisposition will manifest it. And my... Clinical experience usually shows me or teaches me that rheumatoid arthritis um, is a result of genetic predisposition plus irritable bowel and you know, leaky gut. And, um, and the leaky gut creates this autoimmune response where you have a heightened immune uh, vigilance with no true antigens to attack. And so the people with rheumatoid arthritis, rheumatoid arthritis, the uh, <coughs> The fighter cells and the, the leukocytes and lymphocytes 
tend to attack the, the joints. Um, there's not a lot that can be done just with acupressure um, or even needling per se um, and, uh, to really change this as much as working on the guts. And that's going to come through dietary uh, change, eliminating inflammatory foods. And uh, where we would use acupressure is, is blood regulating and immune regulating points. And the most important points for that are going to be large intestine 11, uh, spleen 10, uh, above the knee, UB40 behind the knee, and the point on the back, lateral to T7, urinary bladder 17, this is the meeting point of the blood. And uh, these are all blood invigorating points and immune regulating points. And it's not going to heighten the immune response as much as regulate it. And, uh, but unless people go into dramatic dietary change and then try to rebuild the lining of the intestines, the situation is only going to get worse. And it's going to have high points and low points. Um, but you want to avoid alcohol. You want to avoid white sugar. Um, you know, the, the, the gluten issue is dynamic. It's not one thing. Uh, I know people that are gluten-free and very gluten-sensitive. If they eat it here in America and they go to Italy and eat all the pasta they want, there's concern about how we grow our wheat here. There's concern about how we mill our wheat here. Um, these are all, these are complex issues. Um, there's not one recipe that's going to help with all that. I, I think it's being highly vigilant with yourself. And if you're having a flare up, work your way back a day or two and see what, what happened. Did someone bring donuts to the office or were you drinking too, a lot of coffee and um, things like that? So rebuilding the mucosa of the intestine uh, to stop leaky gut, uh, aloe vera juice, wheatgrass juice, external therapeutic castor oil packs. These are all going to be beneficial. There are acupressure points that affect the intestines, uh, stomach 36, stomach 37, and stomach 39 the strongest points to uh, affect the gut. Um, I will, if people have severe rheumatoid arthritis in their hands and inflammation, I will recommend that they massage castor oil into their hands and then put on surgery gloves, surgical gloves. Again, because you don't want castor oil anywhere. And you can then put your hands in a hot pack or a, a hot water bottle. And, uh, but you have, this is a repetitive therapy. It has to go on and on and on. But there's, uh, you know, Western medicine treatment of rheumatoid arthritis is immune suppressive therapy. And uh, you, get you get symptomatic relief, but you're just setting the body up for some opportunistic infection or or in the future. So it's not a long-term strategy, I don't think. All right. Thank you, Rick. My pleasure. Now, that was Rick Gold. You can learn more about any of the Eastern medicine points he was talking about with a simple Google search. And Rick also develops music for meditation. And you can learn more about that music at www.metamindfulnessmusic.com. And his work there is to help facilitate meditation and mindfulness. So now I'm going to bring in Meredith Stevens, who will give us her thoughts from the perspective of a physical therapist, structural integrator, and Pilates expert. So welcome, Meredith. Thanks for having me, Haley. So let's talk about working with people who have rheumatoid arthritis. Um, you, you know, 
I haven't worked with people with rheumatoid in several years, many years now. Um, but it's the first thing that does come to mind for me when working with somebody with rheumatoid is to make sure that when someone's in a flare, that you aren't pushing movement. Um, we really need to take care of those joints and protect the joints um, and save movement for when they're out of a flare. Teach them um, to move gently and carefully, um, maybe using things like working in the water where you get that nice pressure of the water on the joints um, that is very protective. That's also something that's great for people with osteoarthritis. Um, but that you're also teaching them about joint protection, that they aren't damaging their joints, um, that they're doing as much as they can to protect that joint. Um, you know, it's a tough, tough condition. It's an autoimmune condition, but that we help them with joint protection. We help then uh, massage can be incredibly beneficial um, because, as you could imagine, other areas of the body might have become tense because of that. So that if we're evening out muscle tone um, and working with that condition in that sense, we can be very helpful without um, going after range of motion in a joint that's compromised. All right. Thank you so much, Meredith. Mm -hmm. So that was Meredith Stevens, and if you want to learn more about her work, you can check out her website at www.bodyworksds.com, and she teaches Anatomy Trains workshops, which you can find out at the Anatomy Trains website. Well, that's a wrap for this episode. A big thank you to all of my experienced and esteemed panelists. I continue to be honored that they let me poke and prod their minds on these subjects. It wouldn't be possible without them. Please do rate us on iTunes or through whichever podcast app that you listen to us. And feel free to visit us on Facebook and suggest new topics for me to cover in future episodes. Until then, be well. Be well.